Well, good morning. So I, I just want to give you a heads up. Today's a little bit different than um, our normal average Sunday. I'm up here a little bit earlier, and my goal is to spend a little bit less time speaking to you today because we want to encourage you um, to do something at the end of this service. And so we are talking about our vision right now, and this is the second week. Last week we talked about the upward portion of our vision that we believe that every person needs to be growing spiritually, whether you've made a commitment to Christ or whether you've been following Christ for years and years, that, that it is our vision that every single person that we have the opportunity to minister and influence would grow spiritually. Um, and today we're going to focus on the outward portion, and so I just want to tell you what's happening today. I'm going to speak for a little bit, um, and I think this could be a little bit challenging for some of us, but, but when I'm done, I am going to invite all of you to head back to the gym, and we have the gym set up, and what we're going to have is we're going to have a ministry fair, and what that is is we have a bunch of different ministries of our church and our community and ways that you can serve and reach out into the community, and we want every single one of you to go back there. There's going to be pizza. We, we're bribing you. There's going to be some pizza. We want every single one of you to go back there and check out the different opportunities that there are for you to serve. Because as we're going to see today, it's God's will that we, as followers of Christ, serve the world around us. It's God's will that we serve them with their physical needs, but it's also God's will that we reach them and spread the hope and the love of Christ. And so that's what today's all about. Um, we're in the, up, or the outward portion of our vision, and I want to introduce you real quick, someone special that's with us this morning. Mark and Cindy, would you stand up? Mark and Cindy Stevens, they are the leaders of Target Dayton, and how many of you have been to Target Dayton before? Thank you. How many of you have been to Target Dayton before and served? Okay, they are the pastors of our Target Dayton Church, and this is a great opportunity to go serve, and if you've never heard the Target Dayton Choir, you should probably hear the Target Dayton Choir, because uh, they're pretty amazing, and, and just hearing Mark speak is, is very, um, it's, it's very uplifting and really challenging for us. So anyway, today we're talking about the outward portion. Um, like I said, last week we talked about upward, that each one of us will grow spiritually, and the outward goes right there with it. So the upward and the outward work together. In fact, I think all three of these work together. But the upward, when we grow spiritually, it means that we have to go outward. Growing upward will lead us to love outward. Let me say that again. Growing upward, and I don't mean height, but growing in our relationship with Christ will lead us to love outward to serve our community, to love the people around us. These two go hand in hand, and, and vice versa. I think when we love the people around us and we serve the people around us, it helps us grow spiritually. And so these go hand in hand, and, and, and I want you to understand today that God's calling is not for you to just get wiser or get a little bit more knowledge of Scripture or a little bit more faithful attendance of church, God's calling is for you to go and love the world around you. See, see, you can give the appearance of spiritual growth without actually looking like Christ. That's what we're going to talk about today. You can, you can come to church every week. You can memorize sections of the Bible. You can, you can give the appearance that you are maturing in your faith 
But we can miss something really important, and that's that God calls us to love our neighbor. You cannot, you cannot read Scripture and come away with, with the idea that we are not supposed to go and love our neighbor and reach the world around us. You can't do it. And so, growing upward will lead us to love outward. Real spiritual growth, the real growth, the upward growth that we're talking about will always lead us to love and serve others. And so, in a nutshell, that's, that's where we're at today. Um, last week, we talked about this, this growing together. And some of you, if you were here last week, you might remember I brought Pastor Dale up. And we talked about last week that it is, it is our job to grow together. That growing spiritually is not a private thing. It's not, we talked about the the privatization of our faith, that sometimes we make it about me and my quiet time growing spiritually in my relationship with God, and that happens, but primarily we are called to grow together. And so I, I want you to put this together. If we are called to grow together, and if growing leads us to serve and love, then guess what? We need to serve and we need to love together. And so this is our vision, that every single person will grow in their faith, will grow in their relationship with God. And then the second part of it is that every single one of us will partner together to serve and to reach the world around us. Today I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 4, and, and I'm going to read this passage. It's verses 7 through 11, and we're really going to focus on a couple parts of it, but, but I want to read this to us real quick. It starts in verse 7. It says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And then verse 10, this is really what we're going to spend some time on. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. <clears throat> if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And so, so here it is. The end of all things is near. I want to jump into the, the first part of that. Verse 7 says, the end of all things is near. What does that communicate to you? Tell someone around you, what does, what does that mean to you? The end of all things is near. Share it. Go ahead. Talk to each other. All right, the word that's used here, the, the word that's used to say near, the, the kingdom or the end of all things is near. The word that's used there is, is uh, I'm going to get this wrong, engedizo is the word. How was that? Was, how, how's my Greek? Pretty bad, right? Um, but the word that's used there for, for, the, for the end of all things is near, do you know what that's talking about? That's talking about the fact that Jesus is coming again. And that God's kingdom is coming and will be established. And the end of, of life the way we know it is, is near, it's the, near the end. And so there's two ways we could look at this idea of the nearness of 
the end of all things or the coming of God's kingdom. The end of all things sounds pretty morbid, but really there's a a positive note in this, that this is God's kingdom coming and Jesus coming back. So there's two ways we could look at that. Number one, we could look at that as an urgency of time. It's near. It's coming soon. Now, obviously this was written a couple thousand years ago. And so I'm not 100% sure that what Peter is trying to communicate is that the end is coming tomorrow or the next day. In fact, if you, if you read through other scriptures, Jesus was pretty clear that none of us would know the day or the time that the kingdom was coming, that Jesus was coming back and that the kingdom would be fully established on earth. And so I'm not sure that's what he's saying, although if we're being honest, Peter and, and everyone missed what Jesus said quite often, which we do too sometimes. But he says, the, 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 the end is near, and so there's the urgency of time that, listen, Jesus is coming back, the kingdom's coming. But the second way we can look at this, and this is the way I tend to lean, is the urgency of certainty. Because here's the thing, Jesus is coming again. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be the next day, it may not be this year or next year, or even in my lifetime, but the truth is... Jesus is coming again, and God's kingdom will be established here on earth. That's good news. This isn't a question. This isn't a maybe. This is, this is certain. The end of all things is certain. It's near. And so, either way you choose to look at this, whether it's a time thing or whether it's a certainty thing, I want you to understand that there's urgency here. Peter is saying, it's happening. God's kingdom is coming. Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven, and he said, I'm coming again, so go and make disciples because my kingdom is coming. And so there's urgency here. And and either either way you choose to look at it, this should change everything for us as followers of Christ because we're not just sitting around idly. We're not just sitting around living a life that has no meaning. We are living in the certainty that God's kingdom is coming, and it's going to be established, and so there's some urgency here, which leads us to to the rest of the things he says, and I'm going to skip down to verse 10. Um, he, He says different things, love each other. He says, think of this so you can pray. Love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another, but then in verse 10, this is really what I want to focus on today. Maybe we could bring that scripture back up. Um, Verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one that speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And so the end of all things is near. God's kingdom is coming. Jesus is coming again. The battle is won. We have victory. So what do we need to do? We need to serve each other. We need to love each other. We don't need to stand around like nothing's going to happen. We need to live in the urgency of God's kingdom. And, and so you may have remembered some of this from last week. Last week, there's a couple things in here that I want to draw back to. It says, each of you. 
You know what this doesn't say? This doesn't say some of you. This doesn't say the few of you that are most talented. This doesn't say the most super spiritual of you. This says each of you should use whatever gifts you've been given. We talked about this last week, that this is all of our job together to build the church and to build the kingdom. And he says, to use the gifts that you have received, we talked about this last week as well, that the gifts you've been given, they're not yours because you earned them, they were given to you by God. And so we, we were talking about this this morning. Some of us have the gift um, to sing, I don't. Some of us have the gift um, to speak. I don't. Some of maybe I do in the fact that I don't get up here and get sick or anything like that. But, but we're all given different gifts, and, and I'm joking with you, but, but we each have different gifts. Some of you are, are gifted at just going and, and talking to other people and sharing Christ. Some of you are gifted at, at, at serving and doing manual labor and things to help people. But we are all given gifts. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have some gifts. And say, they've been given to you by God. One more thing, I know I'm talking over you. Say, there's a purpose for that. And so the purpose is, we use the gifts that we've been given by God so that God will be glorified. And so, so each of you use whatever gifts you've been given to serve others and to serve God. And so there's a popular saying around the church, I'm going to pull it up here. It says 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. How many of you think that's true? 80% of the work, wow, a lot of you, 80% of you think that that's true. That's good. 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. That's a pretty common thing said in the church. What does that mean? That means that 20% of the work is done by 80% of the people, right? That means that the majority of people aren't doing their fair share of serving and loving and building the kingdom. That's a problem because this scripture doesn't say 20% of you should use the gifts that God has given you to serve others. This says each of you should use the gifts that God has given you to serve others. See, I feel like we've, we've lost something in the faith. I feel like in the church, occasionally, we start to think that, that our faith is something we acquire. It's an acquisition. It's something that, hey, I'm a Christian now, so I put that on my, on my belt buckle, and here I am, a Christian, and we look at it as an acquisition and not a calling. Our faith is a calling to go and build the kingdom. And so the problem is, in church sometimes, we get into the thought, this kind of thought process, like, I'm a Christian, so now it's all about me. Come on. Come on, pour into me. You hear this in the language people, people say, I'm just not being fed. I'm just, I'm just not getting what I need. I'm not, and we get this me mentality, this it's about me, that, this taking in mentality. But what this says is that each of us should serve God and serve others with the gifts we've been given, that we should have a mentality of giving and serving, not a sit back in a passive acquisition religion that, hey, I'm a Christian, so now you need to serve me. But the idea that, no, I am a, I'm a follower of Christ, so I'm going to serve others. I'm going to pour out to others. Every follower of Christ is called to serve others. 
So the second part of our vision is that every single one of us, every single one of us would be serving those around us, serving our community, and every single one of us would be reaching others for Christ. Our vision isn't just that you would get smarter, that you would just grow up a little bit in your faith and be a little bit more important. Our vision is that we would become more like Christ, which means we love others and we serve others. And so then moving down to verse 11, it says, if anyone speaks, they should speak as if they're the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should serve with the power of God. How many of you remember Pastor Dale coming up last week and standing next to me? And I talked about the fact that, that we are one because if we are followers of Christ, then we have died to self and it's no longer us living, but it's Christ living through us. Do you hear that in the scripture? It's no longer me speaking. It's no longer me serving. It's God working through me. And so if we've got this view of faith, we're missing it. We're missing it. The the view is that we should become like Christ and that the words we say, the, the end is near, so the words you say matter. The words you say to your neighbor, the words you say to your coworker, the words you say to your children, your family, whoever it is, they matter. And when you serve, guess what? We have the most powerful force in the entire universe living within us. And that force is supposed to go and change the world. And so our words should be the words of Christ, and our actions should come from Christ. And guess what? The end of it says, it's all for the glory of God. See, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And so we are here to serve and to love and to be transformed. And so I want to talk about a couple things real quick. I want to talk about what's at stake for us in our faith. What is at stake today? We talk about growing upward and we talk about going outward. And if 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people, that means 20% are doing 80. It means we're not all serving and all chipping in. So let's ask the question, what is at stake if Westchester Nazarene is not filled with people that are going outward and serving and reaching others for Christ Two things. Number one, our Christ-likeness is at stake. Our our existence as people of God is at stake if we are not going outward and serving. Because, see, here's the thing. If we are to be transformed in the image of God, if we're to be transformed in the image of Christ, if we're to become like Christ as we grow upward, then we need to be like Jesus and What do you see from Jesus? Jesus went to the synagogue. Jesus knew scripture. Jesus prayed. Those are all the the things we were talking about. But you know what Jesus was about? Jesus was about loving and saving others. His whole ministry, his whole life was about saving others, was about the kingdom is coming, so I'm going to do everything I can to save as many as I can into the kingdom. And so if we're going to be Christ-like, guess what? We have to serve and love others. This is a hard truth for us today. If you are not serving and loving others and reaching others, you are not like Christ. You call yourself a Christian, but if you are not serving, if you are not pouring yourself out for others, 
You're missing it. And you're not reflecting Christ. If your life is all about this and not about this, then guess what? You don't look like Jesus. That's just the hard truth today. We are called to serve others. And so our faith isn't this. Our faith is this and this. Give and go and serve. What keeps us from serving? What is it that keeps us from serving? Honestly, if you look at the statistics, the church in America is not growing. It's shrinking. The church in America is not a growing endeavor in, in this day and age. And do you know why I think that is? I think it's because the church has become this instead of becoming this. And I think the people around us don't see Christ in us and that, that we're not going after it with everything we can to serve God with everything we have and to reach others. Think about this. If, if Jesus' number one goal was to come and save others and we're going to be like Christ, what should our number one goal be? To honor God by reaching others for Christ. And if that's the case, then guess what? We can't be okay with seeing the same people here every week. We need to reach others for Christ. We need to go and pour ourselves out for others. I, I can't help but think that Sometimes we fall into this. I'm not saying it's you. I'm, sometimes I fall into this. But we are called to go, to serve, and to pour ourselves out for others. And, and so far too often, Christians become too concerned with their own comfort, with what they want, with their preferences, with how I can be fed. And we get this country club mentality. That, that this is just a good old country club that we come to to be Christians together and, and we're the members and we're in all the while the world around us isn't. And so we have, we cannot, we cannot become a country club for people who get it. We have to become a people that are all about sharing Christ. Why? Because the end of all things is near because God's kingdom is coming. And everything is at stake. So first and foremost, I just want you to understand what's at stake. Your very following of Christ is at stake. If we are not outward, if we are not growing upward and going outward to serve others, we are not like Christ. Jesus didn't say, hey, go create a really nice country club and celebrate that you're in. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Jesus says, do as I have done. I have served you, now serve others. Jesus said, go and serve the world around you. So the first thing is our Christ-likeness. The second thing, I want to read you a quote that, that really struck me this week. It's from Martin Luther King Jr. And he said this, the first question which the priest and the, Lev um, the, priest and the Levite asked was this. And so when we talk about this is talking about um, the, help me, I am totally lost right now. This is talking about the Good Samaritan passage in the Bible. The, the man that instead of walking by, the man that was hurt on the side of the road, he stopped and he helped him. He says, the first question which the priest and the Levite asked was this, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the Good Samaritan reversed the question and said, if I do not stop and help this man, what will happen to him? 
Do you see the difference here? Sometimes we think going outward, reaching others, what's that going to do to me? How's that going to affect me? But the Good Samaritan we see in Scripture in Jesus' story is it's not about me. It's about the person standing, sitting there that's hurting. And the Good Samaritan wasn't worried about what it was going to cost him. He was worried about what it was going to cost the guy if he didn't go and serve and love. What a, what a great quote. What a paradigm shift. The question isn't what is it going to cost us to live outward. The question is what is it going to cost the world And what is it going to cost us if we're living inwardly? And so the second thing at stake is this, the lives of others. The first is our Christ-likeness. The second is the lives of others. We are called to reach out. Jesus didn't come to earth to build his brand, to create a country club, to be comfortable. Jesus came to save others. And so if we believe what we say we believe, if we believe what we say we believe, and we really love others, there is no excuse for us to not go and serve and reach others for Christ. There is too much at stake. And so I, I want us to just to paint a picture for you really quick. A few weeks ago was Easter Sunday. And this place was pretty full. And, and that was a pretty incredible thing, wasn't it? It feels good when the church is full, right? Look around you. Look at the seats around you. Just look all around you in the sanctuary. Is the church full today? This is a terrible preacher move to call attention to that, but is the church full today? No. And guess what? There could be a tendency for us to think, hey, we had a bunch of people here on Easter Sunday. The church was full. Isn't that great? Let's give ourselves a thumbs up. But today we look around, and the church isn't so full, is it? And even if it was... Even if it was, all churches around the world have their biggest Sundays on Easter Sunday, but guess what? Even if all of them are full on Easter Sunday, there are still at least one person. For every person that came to church on Easter, there's at least one person that did not come to church that does not know Christ. And so even if this place was full, guess what? Half the world still doesn't know. And so I want you to look around again. And I want you to look at the chairs around you, and and I really want you to notice the empty chairs in the sanctuary. If there's one by you, if there's not one by you, look around. Look at all of these empty chairs. Now I want you to do something. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to stop seeing these chairs as chairs in a room. I want you to start seeing these chairs in your mind. I want you to picture these chairs being the people around you, your friends, your coworkers, your family members, the the people you bump into every day. I want you to picture these chairs being those people who have come to know Christ. Open your eyes again. These chairs don't just represent things that we bought to put in a room. These chairs represent people who do not know the love of Christ. And so we as a church are called to go and to serve and to reach others. And sometimes we start to feel pretty good about ourselves. And we start to think about how can I be served more? But Jesus says, no, you got to pour yourself out. Peter says, the end of all things is near. So guess what you need to do? You need to serve. You need to go. And so, so the end of all things is near, and I want us to understand the urgency today. I want you to ask yourself a question today. 
My goal isn't to make you feel bad about yourself, by the way. I, that doesn't do anything good for us. My goal is for you to become like Christ. My goal is for us to become like Christ and to have a heart for the world around us and to fill these chairs, not just once, but twice. Guess what? It's great that the sanctuary was full on Easter, but guess what? It needs to be full twice next year. There's these many chairs open right now. Guess what? They need to be filled with people who know Christ because we have loved and served Christ. And so ask yourself the question today, am I part of the 20% that's serving? Am I looking like Christ and pouring myself out for others? Or have I become this? And I want to invite you as the vision of this church to not just grow in knowledge, but to serve, to love, to pour yourself out, to really become like Christ and love the world around you. So what are we going to do? Two things. Number one, we are all going to serve, every single one of us. We are going to use whatever gifts we've been given, whatever resources we have to go out and serve and meet the needs of the world around us. And number two, we're going to share our faith. We're going to love others, and we're going to, the end is near, so we're going to get as many people to know Christ as we possibly can, because this isn't a country club, this is a calling. And so we're going to go, and we're going to serve, and we're going to share our faith, and we're going to bring people to Christ. That's the outward part of our vision. Father, I thank you for each person that's gathered here. I thank you for what a wonderful group of people come here every week, and I love seeing each of them, and, and it's, it's so great to be a part of such a loving family, but Lord, I'm afraid that sometimes we get a little inward focused. Sometimes I get a little inward focused, and so Lord, I, my prayer today, and, and our prayer through our vision as the board prayed, as, as the staff prayed, as we worked on this vision, our prayer is that each and every one of us would, would be filled by you and would be sent by you to serve the world around us, that the world would know you because we are loving and serving the world through your power, through your words, through the gifts that you've given. And all of this, Lord, is for your glory and your honor. And so, Lord, I thank you that we've come together today, and, and Lord, I just pray that you would send us. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen.